0: uh is this the lund loop if so um we wish to cancel um we do not wish to belong to that or to pay this anymore thank you hey everybody welcome to the lund loop podcast the podcast where we throw off the shackles no that's not the tagline anymore sorry The tagline is the Lund Loop podcast, the intersection of markets, trading, and life. And it seems to be less and less about markets and trading, but I don't know. We're still got to see which direction this podcast is going. Hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. I had a fantastic 4th of July weekend. Not really, but it was just nice to have an extra day off. We had some people over at the house. We had a nice party. However... I'm not a big fan of 4th of July anymore. I know I wrote about it last week. In fact, I did the audio about it last week in the Lend Loop podcast. Talked about what a pyromaniac I used to be and somewhat still am. But in my neighborhood, it literally sounds like a war zone every 4th of July. As soon as the sun goes down, in fact, even before the sun goes down, and then till about 1 a.m., it is a non-stop barrage of the biggest, most intense, scariest fireworks. I'm actually saying it, scariest. This is a guy that would blow anything up when I was a kid. These things are shells and mortars. There's three Samoan families that live in my neighborhood and apparently in American Samoa, a lot of these massive fireworks are legal. So every year they get shipments from their relatives And they just spend about six or seven hours blowing the fuck out of the neighborhood. And it is crazy. And then you get those random people that, you know, are drunk on a Monday night and are doing a mortar at three in the morning that just wakes you up. So it's a really, it's an unpleasant night. And uh, I'm just surprised that I'm saying that it just, it's obviously a sign of how old I am. My son and I did fireworks, um, $250 Two hundred and fifty dollars worth of fireworks. As I can't even believe, but it's all the safe and sane stuff—the the cones and the piccolo peats and the ground bloom flowers, all the boring stuff. But whatever, it's fun. He's, you know, last year was the first year that he actually got to light fireworks himself, and so he wants to do it again this year. Anyway, it was just good to have people over here. We we did uh, hot dogs and hamburgers and all the traditional stuff. So I hope you had a good Fourth of July as well. So today I want to talk a little bit about. I want to talk about two things. One, I want to talk about morning routines for the for the market, pre-market, and a little bit about trading while ADHD or while you have any sort of um, issues, which I'll expand upon in a moment. So you all know that I live on the West Coast. I'm born and raised in Huntington Beach, California. I've never lived more than five miles from the hospital I was born in. I used to think that was a bad thing, but it's actually a great thing because I love to travel. I love to go other places, but I love to come back to what I think is probably one of the greatest places on earth. If it wasn't for the taxes and some of the craziness in the state government, it would be the greatest place on earth, but it's a pretty damn good place to live regardless. And being on the West Coast, that means that the market opens at 6.30. And look, there's no way around this it sucks. It sucks for the market to open at 6.30. I've been doing this for more than 35 years, and it still sucks for the market to open at 6.30. It's too goddamn early. It used to be really bad for me, but then I kind of changed my routine. So the way it used to be is I used to get up two hours before the market opened. I used to get up at 4.30 in the morning, if you can believe that, and I would just voraciously go through all the news feeds and see what stocks were triggering and where were the upgrades and all this stuff. And by the time the opening bell rang, I was I was just manic and I would make a lot of bad moves and just get way ahead of myself. I stopped doing that about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more. And now my philosophy is totally the opposite. Usually I get up about five and For the first hour, I don't do anything related to the markets or consuming information, nothing like that. And I took this lesson from something that I learned in my 20s. In my 20s, I was in love with this girl, infatuated with this girl. and We kind of had a relationship, but it was one of those relationships that kind of was teetering. You know, you didn't know where you going to go into being boyfriend, girlfriend, or were you just going to stay friends, you know, that air quote. Friends that just is like driving a stake through a guy's heart. And I remember I would wake up in the morning and I would have all these, you know, these fantastic ideas about how I could definitively win her love. Right. And about an hour after I woke up, I'd say, boy, that would be really stupid if I did that. And then about an hour before I go to bed, I would have these other, you know, big romantic ideas of things I should do. And then By the time I went to bed, I go, ah, it's a bad idea. And I learned something. I shouldn't make any critical decisions within an hour of waking up or going to bed. I don't know. There's something about the mind in those periods of time that you can get distorted ideas. You can think about things in a way that's not necessarily the best or the clearest. So I learned that lesson in my 20s. However, I didn't implement it or connect it to the market for about two decades afterwards. And then finally I figured out, oh, you know what? My mind needs to be super quiet after I wake up. So I get up, you know, I do a couple of things around the house that I have to do. You know, I make some stuff for the kids or I do the breakfast or whatever it is. Depends on the day. Depends whether they're in school or not in school. But what I do then is I stretch for 20 minutes and I stretch while I'm watching uh, or listening to like a stand-up comedy video, usually on Netflix. So like right now, I'm going through Sebastian Maniscalco's uh, four specials, and I'll also listen to Brian Regan or to Dave Chappelle, whatever. I just want to focus on those, focus on the stretching, and they they generally get me in a good mood. So I'll do that. Then I will meditate, and I use the Headspace app. You can use any app you want. Um, I. I Played around a little bit with Sam Harris's app. Uh, I may go back to that, but Headspace is something I've used for a long time. It's about a, um, about a 25 to 30-minute process. You can tailor it as long as you want. So By the time I'm done with the stretching and the meditation, almost an hour is up. Sometimes it's maybe 50 minutes, 55 minutes. Then I'll usually sit down for just a brief moment, read the Daily Stoic, Uh, maybe read something else inspirational or calming or whatever. Then about six o'clock, that's when I start to get engaged in the market. And here's the thing. One of the great benefits of the Discord is that there's so many smart people in there with so many eyes that are already curating great information. So, you know, before the Discord, I would use Twitter and I still do to some extent. I have, curated lists of people that I value, uh, their viewpoints and their opinions. So I just look at that curated list really quickly and get up to speed. Um, or now I just go into Discord and I just scroll back through the last, you know, 20 or so posts and usually anything that's significant is already in there. Now, the reason I don't look at market activity for the first hour they get up, in addition to, you know, what I talked about with not making decisions the hour before you wake up or go to sleep is I just don't want to overreact to something that by the time the market opens um, will no longer be uh, a factor. You know, like it's weird to explain, but like you, you'll you see some things like maybe it's the CPI number. Maybe it's a individual stock has announced bad earnings and it gaps down and it leaves an imprint on your mind and it, it leaves an Im- emotional imprint that sometimes doesn't get fully erased even if things change by the open. So maybe you're going into that open and you're looking at that stock and you're still viewing it as a weak stock, even though price has started to recover, and then you start to fight that, you go, well no no, it, it gapped down and this is this bounce isn't gonna hold and then you you know, then you start abandoning your technical analysis. So I find that if I just a lot of that information that comes out early in the day will it's like um, it's a better analogy it's like it, here's here's a, a better analogy there is a um, there is a uh, comic strip called Doonesbury and in the comic strip there was a character named Duke and Duke was assigned to be the uh, ambassador to China and his translator named honey uh, she was Chinese gal but she was also really hip she knew a lot of the Western ways and she had been, a translator for Mao, right? Mao, the the great dictator. And so one day in the Strip, Duke asks, honey, says, what was it like working for Mao? He was a crazy guy. And she said, well, let me tell you, one Friday night, I got a call from him and he said, I want to take down the Great Wall of China. It is a symbol of a day gone by in China and I want the whole thing destroyed and disassembled. She says, yes, Chairman Mao, we'll take care of that. And then she gets a call Saturday night, and it's Mao again. He says, I've changed my mind. The Great Wall of China is a symbol of, you know, the, the, the history of China, and I want it put back together. She says, yes, yes, great chairman, we will do that. And So she calls him back on uh, Sunday night. And she says, chairman, you know, I had the whole country mobilized, and we took the wall down. Totally got rid of it. But then when you call back on Saturday, I mobilized the whole country again and we built it brick by brick by brick and now it's back exactly how it was. And Duke turns to her and says, what what did you really do that weekend? She says, I just watched TV and had some chips. So the point is all this stuff that was going on back and forth from Chairman Mao ended up in the same place on Sunday. It's the same thing with this news. Sometimes if you don't even know the news is happening... They're just ignoring it. When you do finally click into it, you've, you haven't you had to chase down all these red herrings, these emotional red herrings, right? So I just don't do anything for the first hour when it comes to the market. I check in at six o'clock, get up to speed by the time that opens here. Now the other part about this is I've already done all my work the night before. See, I didn't used to do that. And I used to have to scramble in the morning. Because I do the daily updates, because I'm always monitoring the markets. Every day after the market's close, all I need is about 30, 45 minutes. I know what charts I'm going to focus on. They're marked up the way I want. I know where I'm looking. And that's a great feeling so that you don't have to worry about that in the morning. Um, It would be interesting if I was in a different time frame. You know, if I was like, I think once I figured it out and it's either Phoenix or Denver is where it would be the optimal place for me to live because the market would then open at like 730 Maybe 830. Honestly, I don't think I would want to live in New York. I think 930 is too late. I, I would absorb too much information. Uh, between that time, I don't think I could avoid it. But if I was in Denver, or Phoenix, you know, it might be nice to have just another hour to relax. I remember I met a guy at a Traders Expo once that was a full time trader in Hawaii. So the market opened at 330 in the morning there, which I can't even imagine that three opens at 330 and closes at 10. It's crazy. Anyway, once the open is here, I'm usually making some moves. It uh, depends on the market. You know, sometimes we get these gap up markets and you don't want to chase them. So you want to see if they pull back for the first 30 minutes or so and then they base and they go. Conversely, you can get markets that gap down in reverse. Uh, but sometimes you'll get a stock that, that gaps down and it has a real strong push in the first five minutes and maybe I'll get involved there. Um, so I'm, I'm doing some moves for the first, you know, I would say after the first 15 minutes to the first 45 minutes, and then I'm just kind of waiting and seeing what happens, right? And hopefully most of the time in a healthy market, I won't have to do much else for the rest of the day. I've already kind of found my entries or I've managed any overnight positions. Um, If my entries are right and the market's going in the direction I want, all I have to do is move my stops up um, unless um, unless they're swing trades, then I can just kind of put my stop at break even. My goal is to do, do the least amount of managing that I have to do. Um, the more places I'm looking, the more my attention is split, the worse I will do. Now that segues into the second thing I wanna talk about. And that is trading with ADD or ADHD. I am a diagnosed ADHD person. Actually, I think ADD. I don't really have the hyper part of it, although the way I talk, it sometimes seems that. Um, and so I've traded for most of my life with ADHD. And somebody, there's a few people in the Lund Loop community that, that have the same thing. They've reached out to me. They've asked me, like, how do you trade with ADHD? And I know this is going to sound like a pithy answer, but you don't, right? I mean, you can, but it's a really bad idea. And I did it for a long time, um, longer than, you know, I, I would have liked but what could i do and i adapted and i figured out some ways but ultimately i was just trying to hold the ocean back and it really wasn't until i went to uh, until i went to therapy and then i was diagnosed with adhd i tested for it diagnosed started doing some cognitive work um couldn't really get some traction on the cognitive work. Uh, not a big, uh, I'm not a big meds person. But finally, after like two years, I said, okay, give me the minimum amount of medication. So I took Adderall for a little bit. That took the edge off just enough so that I could get some traction on the cognitive exercises, repeat them, do them over and over. One of the things about ADHD or any of these uh, sort of things is that when you... When you do these cognitive exercises, they actually reburn your neural networks. Like you don't have these paths already burnt, so they they actually reburn them and they hardwire them. So it's a it's a it's an amazing process when you start to put these things together. So my advice to anyone that has ADHD or any issues that they maybe are not even aware of, and I've said this a billion times, I'll say it a billion again, go to therapy. Therapy is great just for your life. It's always good to have a objective third party that's got no ax to grind that can give you feedback. But there's something about trading. Trading has the amazing ability to zero in on what your biggest insecurities are, what your biggest psychological failings are, things that you maybe are not even aware that you have. it might be that you didn't get enough approval from your parents when you're a kid. And somehow that's manifesting in your trading. You're trying to prove something to the market, but you're really trying to prove it to your parents who are both dead and you don't even know it. So the answer is, if you've got ADHD, deal with ADHD first, then come back to the market, or at least try to get some help on the ADHD while you're doing the market. Uh, and then I would just say to everybody, I'd say, Try it out, just go to therapy, you know, go commit to going for, you know, four months, six months, whatever, give it a shot. Um, if you do it, doesn't help, no harm, right? But you might find out some stuff that really helps you in the market and it just helps you in the rest of your life. Um, I would like to repeat that, want to be canceled from the Lund loop. Whatever you've got me on, um, if you wish to call and explain what it is of actually uh, forget that. Well, that's it for this episode. If you got any questions, hit me up at Brian VRIan at the lundluop.com. I'll see you next time. Bye.